Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is our 302 Thoughts, part of our One Thing series, where we review different topics. And this month is really all about growing through the grind um, and really how do we function and live and really prosper during chaos. We, we did want to acknowledge, though, as we start this week, um, in many respects, we lost an American hero, Colin Powell, General Colin Powell. Um, someone I know we have looked to for leadership. And there's a quote I wanted to start off with is that 90% of my time is spent on 10% of the world. Um, it's a, a great quote by General Powell. And I think it sums up sometimes how we feel, even though he's dealing with all kinds of international issues and has really the better part of his entire career, we find ourselves dealing with that small population of issues, you know, whatever it may be that can absorb and an immense amount of our time. So the question is, how do we continue to function? How do we continue to grow? Um, so we want to acknowledge General Powell, um, someone we definitely look to uh, for leadership and someone who has really served this great country well. So, you know, as we talked about growing through the grind this month and what we're, we really started with, <clears throat> TJ and I are, are big beachgoers. And so there's a cool little spot on Indian River that you often don't hear about called Coin Beach. And it's right by the inlet. So if you're driving south, on the right, you'll see a kayaker's dream, which is called, um, which is Savage's Ditch, excuse me, which is Savage's Ditch. And then on the opposite side is a drive-on area. Um, it's not that crowded. It's not like three R's for you local Delawareans. Um, you know how drive-ons can get packed. But this is a pretty cool spot. Nobody really knows about it. It's growing in popularity. But there was a ship uh, a couple centuries ago that really ran aground due to storms. It was forced inland, hit a shoal, and eventually, you know, sunk. And, you know, the way it sat on the shoal, it sounds like it just kind of got torn up. And so our lives are very similar in ways, right? We have storms coming at us. The pandemic has been a storm. Our nation still faces a lot of civil unrest. That is a storm we're facing. But the question is, no matter what, how do we grow during these times instead of just surviving? And, you know, like I said, this is one interesting aspect of growing in this ship of the faithful steward could not navigate well enough, ended up coming inland and ultimately sinking, leaving, you know, tons of coins that were in barrels on this ship, which is why now it's called Coin Beach. People there in major storms go with their, their little devices looking for some of these coins. But we thought about this and looking at that story, what could we do? What needs to be done? And we know, obviously, there's a lot involved when we're trying to steer our ship correctly. But as educators, how do we navigate during very difficult storms and how do we grow as individuals during these storms as well? So I'm going to turn it over to TJ now to discuss the model and where we basically landed with this. 
Yeah, thanks for that, Joe. As everybody knows, we like to put together models, um, sim simple ways of looking at leadership to help you lead better and grow faster. And so we're always looking to curate, synthesize, and communicate um, to help leaders see um, the ways that they can serve the staff, that who they serve in their schools, and, and the people on this call hopefully will get um, something from that and also any listeners out there. So we always, on our three or two thoughts, we talk about our models and we give you some suggestions on how to think about these things. Um, and then also, hopefully, we have some products that we can review as well that you might be interested in. So I'll start with the model, the five strategies for staying focused in a chaotic environment Joe and I put together. Really, the first one is um, we called putting your vision to the test. Uh, in times of chaos, it, it, it's, it's an underrated strategy to go back to that vision statement, whether it's your personal vision statement or the vision statement of the organization, and just make sure that we understand what that is and if that's still the direction we're going in. It could be that we need to revise um, our personal vision or the vision for the organization, but I think sometimes when things are chaotic, we just forget to go to what what is driving us in the first place. We'll give you a quick four, um, real quick four ways to think about your vision statement. Does it communicate what you desire to accomplish? Who you want the work to benefit? Three, why it's important for stakeholders and four, um, the purpose of 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 your organization or 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 your uh, activity on a daily basis. So that was first putting your vision to the test. Number two, Joe and I went back to core values, leading with values, and nobody better to talk to about that than um, Richard Shell, author of The Conscious Code. If you haven't read that book, it's awesome. Got to interview Richard, so check out that podcast. Number three. Determining urgent versus important. It's such a critical aspect of, of leading in schools when everything seems urgent. Um, and we, we, we bring about two questions when it comes to that. Um, is this work that needs to get done now? Is this work that needs to get done by me? We got to ask those questions all day long. Number four, Joe, was assessing full versus fulfilling. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in depth later in the show. And then five was attending to the most important spaces. And in schools, that's the classroom and see what happens when everything's urgent and chaotic. Where do you end up being in the cafeteria, in the hallway, out at the recess? And those are all important as well, but they're not where the learning takes place. And so we got to find ways to get there and remind ourselves on a day-to-day -day basis. Because what happens is the storm, like you said, Joe, it hits us and it pounds us and it hits us. And then all of a sudden we're at the end of the day and we didn't do anything important. And so we hope these five, this five-part model grounds you in the strategies to stay focused. And I think there's three mindsets during, during these times. It's just getting through it. It's like trying to just wait it out. Then there's going through it, right? And that's something that we can um, put our heads down and, and push through. And then there's growing through it, Joe. And then I think that if best case scenario is on the other end of any chaotic environment, that we're better and we're stronger and we're faster. And we do that together. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about what we meant um, in an area of focus here, I think you wanted to talk about the Eisenhower matrix, if I'm, if I'm right about that. Absolutely. And so this is something that is universally taught still at the higher ed levels. We tend to forget about it. 
Covey did a lot of work around this. One reason I love this is Dwight Eisenhower, you know, regardless of your politics, regardless of what you think, whenever we start talking about military leaders, we know their whole world is conflict. And as a president, he faced a ton of conflict. And so the matrix really talks about where do we focus our time? Is it in the important and urgent? So that's like, you got to do it. Or is it in the important, but not urgent? So that's when you decide, that's where you schedule things. The urgent, but not important, that's when you can delegate. Now we also know, listen, there's a level of delegation that becomes irresponsible. We're not talking about delegation, so you're of you know avoiding problems. That is not what we're discussing. However, there are things that a lot of times other people can handle, and once you recognize that, that just helps you out considerably, even though you could get it done. And that's what's tough when we become administrators and leaders. You know, often we can do a lot of other things, but when you look at your specific role. What are the things only you can do? So if you're in a building with three assistant principals and one principal, what are those things only the administrators can do? That actually should be on a whiteboard. This is what we do. The other stuff, it's not that it goes away. It's not that it's not something that could really disrupt the environment, but you got a game plan. You got to figure out systems and structures. So it's not neglect. It's actually literally anticipating what's to come, and then you adapt. So if you know an hour to two hours of your day is spent on discipline or going to be called into a classroom or so on, it would actually be irresponsible to not consider that in the future planning of your work. So I know all of us need subs in our school, and I wish we were talking about the kinds you can eat. Give a shout out to Capriotis. They're usually pretty good. But in our world, substitutes are needed. We spend a lot of time finding subs very early in the morning and then a lot of time planning. So if you know literally 90 minutes of your day is going to be hijacked by trying right now to cover classrooms, you have to schedule that in. Or you find somebody very competent to help you to reduce that 90 minutes to maybe 45 minutes. That's where we were talking about delegation. And then the last is the not urgent, not important. But remember, a lot of people like to spend their time on this. And you might be like, that's crazy. No, because this is the feel good stuff. I hate to say it, but this is kind of like you just get done lunch duty or you're out and about. And then you're just going to go around and talk to people and say hello. Now, you could say, well, Joe, I'm building relationships. Sure you are. Sure you are. Or you're avoiding work. Build relationships after you've gone into a classroom and actually observed or did a walkthrough and build meaningful relationships. Greet people in the morning. If you want that, greet them. TJ has uh, had a great policy when he was principal. That early morning time, he used, walked around and hit every teacher and said hello. That's strategic. It's scheduled, important, and then planned out and done. We also share this matrix because it's one of the hardest things for us ever to really wrap our heads around. As much as we even profess it and we're familiar with it, and I didn't know the Eisenhower matrix at first, I thought it was Covey's matrix, you know, and, and so on. These are things we often that we write about. It's things we're working on. 
So working in the element of important and urgent is ultimately where you want to spend your time and then the important but not urgent. You know, ensuring you're getting in the classrooms, ensuring you're following up with families, even for good calls. You know, two hours of your week is spent on just reaching out to parents, letting them know, hey, I was in class today. Billy's doing a great job. You should be proud. You know, but what we'll wait is for Billy to get written up and then we have a conversation. Schedule that time. It's hard to do, but again, think about what only you can do in your role. And that's a great place to start with the, the big rocks that will really fill up your day. And I want to turn it over to TJ because this is the cousin of that, which is about fulfillment. Yeah, thanks for that, Joe. You know, another part of our model was assessing your day in terms of full versus fulfilling. And it is so true that if our work's not fulfilling, it becomes far more draining. It zaps our energy and we just don't want to get back to it. And we need people to get back to the work, back to doing what matters most. And so it needs to be fulfilling. You know, we found this statistic that the staggering majority of people at work today, 96% do believe um, that achieving fulfilling work in their role is possible. And 70% of the people working today actually would leave their job for more fulfilling work. I mean, it's just so important to know things like that. And as we create an environment that, that people love to come to, you know, Joe and I wrote about that in building a winning team and retention for a change in terms of making that environment motivational, inspirational, energetic. Um, but we got to do that for ourselves first, because if it's not, something that we're working on. And trust me, I'm working on this um, from a day to day, from an hour to hour. Um, if it's not, we're not doing the fulfilling work, we're not going to be able to make it fulfilling for others. So that's where it starts, you know, our oxygen mask first. We give a couple strategies to people for this. We've heard a lot of people do a retrospective um, review of their schedule on Fridays to look back and see where that important work was. Um, but we actually learned from John Maxwell a long time ago that we should be looking about 40 days out. And that's hard for school leaders. But if you're not looking at least two weeks to three weeks out every Monday when you get in and reflecting on you know, wh where you're going to be, when you're going to be there, the type of work that you're doing, um, what are the priorities that need to get done and matching those priorities against the blocks of time that you have in your schedule, you're really only going to get through it. You won't even get to the go through it and you're certainly not going to get to the grow through it. So we got to look out at that schedule, time block, make sure that we're getting to the priorities. I did want to mention, Joe, like we do for everything, we have thinking models. So at one point we mentioned, I think it was in our ESSER blog that Budgets should always be thought about in three categories, people, resources, and professional development. Every budget be, should be thought about in those three categories. Every uh, um, calendar should also be thought about in three categories if we want fulfilling work. And that's first, the vision. So back to that vision statement. Are the things I'm doing on my calendar, do they match the vision of the organization and the work that I, I find fulfilling that I want to do? Vision number one. Number two is people and programs. This is an evaluation piece. 
what's working, what's not. Joe mentioned the walkthrough, being in place, um, praising people when things are working, making sure that we celebrate them. You can't do that if you're not there, right? And you're not going to get there if it's not on your calendar. Um, And so people and programs, what's working, what's not. And the third thing is innovation for change and future development. As the leader, if we're not thinking about the next best thing, nobody is. Um, And as we think about the next best thing, we train other people to think that way too. So hopefully you get something from that thinking model. Um, You can bring that into your own calendar and, and use that as a strategy if you're not already. A lot of people have said to us, Joe, how are you growing through the grind? What is it that you're doing to make sure that you focus on your growth. I just wanted to tell everybody, um, I believe in coaching, personal coaching. I, almost all of, of the leaders I serve have coaches. Um, here in Delaware, we use uh, University of Delaware. We do a shout out to Dazzle um, for, for their coaching models. Um, and so we, you know, we, we almost every leader I, I serve has a coach. I have a coach. I participate in a mastermind. I, it's group, almost like group coaching. I do that with Danny Bauer, totally affordable for any school leader who wants to, to get involved with that. Masterminds are great tools. The thing that's been be- most beneficial about my mastermind and my growth there is the um, amount of capacity is built for me, but also what I've learned to help others build their capacity. We've brought that mastermind, that coaching model um, into our district, in for our leaders. I've also learned about TeachFX there, which is a is support structure we're using for our teachers and leaders. I learned about the new teacher mastermind there, warm demanders, all kinds of places that you can go um, to learn and to grow. And I just, uh, you know, look forward to hearing from anybody. And if you do end up reaching out to Danny, tell him we, we sent you. We don't get a kickback, but we do get a kick out of him telling us that more people are, are coming to them. Joe, is there something you wanted to mention? I think you, you wanted to talk a little bit about an app. And I also want to just acknowledge being on the call today, reading blogs, listening to podcasts, continue to reading. You know, it definitely is a demonstration also of growing through the grind. This is a way to look at the PLCs. You know, we're fortunate in our state where they put Headspace out last year, um, which is great for meditation. Um, so I, if you haven't used the app, just like TJ said, it's not something we necessarily get a kickback on. There's some other ones out there. Calm, I've also heard, is really good. These are ways I find that just can help you literally disengage. So I'm not good at meditation. I can't even t- if you were to say right now, Joe, how would you meditate? I I would refer you to a website. What I do know is that I need to somehow and sometimes disengage, put my phone down, get away from the tech, even get away from some people and just breathe and think and allow myself to even listen to myself. Sometimes if I'm, you know, if you're like me, I'm going so fast, so busy all day long, I'm not even sure what I'm thinking. So that's one way for me. And I, can, and I will say the next part of that is I've also discovered, I had a friend tell me, Joe, you can, if you're not good at meditating, you know, because some people immediately think it's like 20 minutes of this and so on. That's why I like the headspace. The first time I started headspace, it was like three minutes. I was like, I can handle three minutes. They've also acknowledged it's, it's also those peaceful times that allow you to be introspective and allow you to be calm and within yourself and be present. 
So I can tell you for me, swimming, I don't do it often enough. I used to be a pretty avid swimmer at one point. Um, I just right now is really tough. But for me, that is a form and a process of meditation. You know, there's no music. It's just you in the water. You're kind of, you know, engrossed by the water as well. So that's even kind of neat. Um, and it's exhausting when you're out of shape. So I'll just put that out there. But it's another form of reconnecting with yourself. So that is something I would say to people, find that me time. And if you do use a program, like I said, when the state put that out, say the Delaware put that out for us last year, I thought that was a wonderful gesture on the state's part and Headspace's part. Thanks for that, Joe. All right. So there you heard it here, growing through the, the grind, the 302 thoughts, part of our one thing series. We do this monthly. Um, it's free. You can join the call uh, DM at TJ Vary for, for a link. Um, or you can visit our site at the schoolhouse302.com. If you subscribe on the site, you'll get a leadership blog podcast that we do all about leading better and growing faster. Um, we hope to see you there and we hope to see you next month. Thanks for joining us um, and we'll see you next time. And now a word from our sponsors. Hey, Joe, you know what leaders need these days? What's that, TJ? Sleep, a good night's rest, self-care. We've heard it over and over and over again from our guests on the podcast that you can't pour from an empty cup. Leaders need sleep. One of the number one ways you can replenish yourself and lead better is a good night's sleep. I hear you, but you know what? I'm so tired. I don't even like thinking about, you know, getting a good night's sleep. But, you know, do tell, how do we go about getting better sleep? Well, I think that's part of your problem is you need a better bed. It always starts with the bed. That's why we recommend GhostBed, our sponsor, with 30,000-plus five-star reviews. Their patented sleep and cooling technology gets you to sleep faster and longer than any other bed. That's right. And their handcrafted mattresses come with a 101-night at-home sleep trial and a two times the industry standard warranty. They're absolutely certain that their beds will work for you. And with free shipping within 24 hours of your purchase, it's fantastic uh, support from the company. And guess what? Just for being a listener at the Schoolhouse 302, you get 30% off with the use of our code SH302 at checkout. You go to ghostbed.com. You get some sleep so that you can lead better and grow faster. You use SH302 at checkout. Absolutely. And last thing, even if you don't need a bed, you're thinking, wow, I would love to try out Ghostbed, but I just bought a bed. Refer someone else for a bed at ghostbed.com. You'll get a hundred bucks for helping someone else get a good night's rest. Wow, that's 30% off with SH302 code at ghostbed.com. A hundred bucks for your referral if you get somebody else a good night's sleep. Better sleep for you, better leadership. Ghostbed.com, you can't beat it. Ghostbed.com. Mm-hmm.